1: That's stamps.com. Code program. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now, michael at lmfm.ie. Wednesday morning,
0: the 3rd of February. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. The European Commission says it will have 33 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines to be delivered across the EU this month. It will have 55 million doses in March and 300 million doses between April and June. Ireland is to receive 1.1% of what's available to reflect the Irish percentage of the European population. 1.1% 1.1% may not sound like much, but it means that by the end of June, 4.47 million doses will have arrived in this country, vaccinating almost half of the population.
2: It's important we all remember that vaccines will complement but not replace the proven public health measures that have been shown to suppress transmission. And save lives.
0: As you know, this January saw more deaths uh, since uh, this uh, pandemic began. Half as many people died, in fact, compared to the amount of uh, deaths from March to December. Yesterday was our darkest day yet, with 101 deaths recorded. The youngest person reported to have died from COVID yesterday was just 19 years of age.
2: We still have a lot of work to do but the light at the end of the tunnel continues to grow brighter.
0: The arrival of vaccines gives us plenty of reason to have hope, but so too does the impact of the public health measures, how we've gone from more than 8,000 new cases a day at the beginning of this lockdown to less than 1,000 cases yesterday.
2: It shows that if we keep going with the same proven public health measures, we can prevent infections and save
0: This is Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, uh, the director general of uh, the World Health Organization. There is, he says, light at the end of the tunnel.
2: However, we have been here before. Over the past year, there have been moments in almost all countries when cases declined and governments opened up too quickly and individuals let down their guard only for the virus to come roaring back. As vaccines are rolled out, it's vital that all of us continue to take the precautions to keep ourselves
0: and each other safe. Be- a role model. Schools have proved themselves to be safe environments here and they remained open until the end of last year. We got to a situation around um, the turn of the year when simply the levels of transmission were too, too high. The high levels of transmission meant it was no longer safe to have schools open and schools, as you know, remain closed through the month of January. The hope now is uh, the level of transmission has dropped enough to bring the level of new daily cases low enough so that it might be possible to get children back into classrooms. If we can maintain those levels of infection prevention control, if we can get our community levels of transmission down to even lower levels, we can continue to deliver that as safely as possible. So, are we there yet? The Minister for Education thinks so, and she's reached an agreement with trade unions on the phase reopening of schools. A decision you would imagine is based on the latest public health advice. But we haven't given further uh, advice beyond what I've already set out for you before in, in relation to any of that. Fergus O'Dowd is a Fine TD for Loud and Eastmead. He joins us on the line and probably knows a lot more about this than most people being a former school teacher yourself. Good morning to you and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme. As you heard there, Tony Houlihan has said that he hasn't given further advice since the 5th of January, which was to close the schools down. Can you understand how a decision has been made to reopen the schools, albeit on a phased basis, without the minister or the department or the unions, for that matter, seeking public health advice on the matter?
3: Well, Michael, that's first I've heard of that. I didn't hear that interview till now. Uh, but I do know that uh, that all of the parties concerned are very much conscious. First and last is public health advice. And that's in actually the statement the minister says, and I'm quoting from the third paragraph. On Thursday, the 11th of February, special schools will be open in accordance with agreement. 50% attendance. Uh, on, on, and this will be reviewed in line with public health advice. So they're saying, In their statement, that they have public health advice, and I believe they couldn't proceed without it because at the kernel of all this is keeping everybody safe. The children, obviously, Mm. very special children as well in special schools. You've 8,000 of them in 124 special schools right around the country initially. And obviously the teachers and their families. So it's hard uh, to have any confidence in the
0: in, in this minister, though, isn't it? Uh, it? I say it's hard to have any confidence in this minister because it's the same minister who said that uh, she was bringing the leaving cert students back three days a week, based on the public health advice. It turned out that wasn't the advice. So she said that she was bringing the special needs. Uh, students uh, back a, a couple of weeks ago, based on this uh, public health advice, uh, and it turned out that wasn't the public health advice. Now she's telling us uh, that she has public health advice, but we heard Tony Hulhan there say on Monday evening that they haven't given any more advice to the minister.
3: Yeah, well, I, I, I heard your interview, as you said there, and obviously that is a fact, but it's also a fact that they're saying that all of it is in line with public health advice and hopefully we can clear that up later today Michael because it's obviously a crucial point Mm. if you haven't got public health advice that's the key people being safe from this disease and obviously children and adults anybody who might have a compromised immune system in an education setting you know you don't want to place anybody at any risk at all Mm. so as regards what happened in the past you're quite right the unions and the minister did agree to circulate a letter some time ago Uh, and then there was an online meeting where I think thousands of teachers uh, attended both online and on Facebook and the unions listened to what the members said and and then the decision changed but it can only work with consent Michael you know you can't frog march Mm, anybody mm, mm. and I'm not suggesting you were saying that Mm. but you know people have to agree that it's the safest way to do something and as you know we don't we want to obviously get special children back to school because they have a very difficult time and their parents have a very difficult time and uh, getting them back from Torres day the 11th of february is a hugely important mm. day for everybody and obviously it is, as I say, based on public health advice and hopefully it will continue. Well, there's no doubt
0: this minister has uh, frustrated uh, an awful lot of parents uh, because uh, there's been such a lack of clarity uh, in uh, the utterances that she's been making and uh, she went to war in public with uh, the trade unions uh, a week ago. There seems to be some agreement there now, but uh, there's still no clarity on the Leaving Cert or or, uh, what will happen for Leaving Cert students and it must be a terrible time of limbo for them.
3: It is, of course. And in fact, when you really think about it, while well, it's a year since we had the first outbreak, this is, in fact, the second school year that's been disrupted. So any student uh, who's doing their Leaving Cert this year, they, they've already had their their, their, their you know their education has been disrupted last year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do- the, the teaching time and obviously teachers uh, are are doing the very best with remote access through computers and so on uh, uh, but that that isn't that doesn't make up for the deficit in mm. in teaching and in attention so it's hugely it's hugely damaging for young people this whole this whole virus do you, do, um, you written,
0: world, do, you the, do you believe there should be a traditional written do do you believe there should be a traditional written exam uh, uh, or, or I
3: don't I think I've thought about that mm. and uh, I think first of all Students are under awful pressure, their parents mm. and their teachers. So, I mean, we did have a case where there was an assessment. There was controversy over that. Then we had yesterday, we had the results of the leading cert for those mm. who actually sat on And it looked like most of, I think uh, 40% of those who sat their leading cert uh, average sat two subjects. They got better marks than their assessment grade. So uh, I, think, I think there seems to be a view that if, if, if it's possible mm. that you, the teachers do their assessment, and, and, if, and then you also sit the exam if you so wish. Yeah. Um, and I think, if that is, I think that is a fair option, given the very difficult situation that young people are in. They're, look, they're looking yeah. forward to the rest of their lives, their careers, they're getting yeah. into college, they're getting into apprenticeships, they're going into work. Uh, so to give them the best chance, I don't see why you shouldn't have two options. Mm. Um, at this
0: stage well, was a very difficult time. There's a number of options uh, apparently uh, Irish Times reporting today on uh, that meeting that took place between the stakeholders including the Minister yesterday and the exams may be held later in the summer as one option uh, there could be calculated grades instead of exams as another option then there could be uh, an open access model with additional college places as an alternative or, or a hybrid model combi- combining exams and calculators uh, I don't know uh, and I really don't know what it is is the right answer, but I, I think I'm right in saying that the students have a, a right to know what the decision is. And if of a decision course, if a decision yeah, can't be aren't. made now, well, then oh. they should just call yeah. the exams off, shouldn't they?
3: Well, I don't I don't think so, Michael. I, I think you're very right in what you're saying there. That students are in the most difficult position of all, and it's the second year they're in this position, and they don't have a chance to shine the way they want to. So that's why I think, personally, uh, leaving the option of both that state the assessment grades and the exam physically, if you wish to do it. I think, I think that might give, the, the, that would give a better option than, than excluding any one of those. But it is very mm. difficult. And I agree also, it, the pressure of additional uh, places in, 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 in university or third level colleges, or colleges for your education is very important as well. That, that takes, the, the pressure is often on trying to get into a course that has limited numbers. and that that you have a lot of students who are excluded because they didn't get the parts that they wanted. Um, So I think if there's more spaces, that makes sense. And I think that Simon Harris is doing a great job in in, in third-level education. So I think it's transforming Mm. everything. But you think Norma
0: Norma Foley is doing a good job
3: I think I think she's doing a professional job, Michael. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I mean, she's, she's doing her best. She's got. Yeah. Look,
0: it's a very Inex- it's the first in- time in- inexperienced, inexperienced policy. Uh, two two, two uh, FINAFA ministers who are inexperienced uh, at cabinet level and uh, seem to be frustrating an awful lot of people. I'm not sure how much confidence people have in Norma Foley or Stephen uh, Donnelly, who have very, very important uh, positions. Are you hearing negative things about them?
3: Well, Michael, you're a politician. You heard negative from a but lot of I people. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but <laughs> well, I
0: Norma Norm, Norm, Norm Foley doesn't, doesn't seem to read the public health advice, and Stephen Donnelly I doesn't do know. And Stephen Donnelly I doesn't do seem to know what going into quarantine means.
3: I, I do have confidence in Norma okay. Foley. I think she's very committed in her job, and she's very knowledgeable. And I personally find her, and I'll be approaching her about an issue here in the constituency.
0: Yeah, I want to talk to you about that because uh, I know you're very angry about this issue, as so many people are. This is a diktat that has has come from the Department of Education to the Education Together uh, school in in Drogheda. They've moved from the Mill Road up uh, to St. Oliver's in Rathmullen. Uh, And you're going to raise this in the Dáil tomorrow and ask for it to be reversed, uh, the decision to be reversed. The
3: problem is I can't raise it today because there's no opportunity, but I will be in the Dáil today and I will be hopefully meeting the Minister. I spoke to the private sector Yes, every time with them today. The key point is, there's 140 children in that school at the moment, with 55 waiting, and the only answer for them is to keep them on that site unless and until the new school is built either on that site, if that's possible, or they are looking at two other sites for a permanent school. Moving them to Saint Olivers is very unfair on both schools because the the students will be asked to move for the fourth time because St. Oliver's will be the third move, and then they'll go to the new building after that, which is five, six years away. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that St. Oliver's should lose their football and their recreation amenities to anybody. That area up there has lost all of the the swimming pool. Mm -hmm. There's over four indoor soccer pitches there in, in facilities. The recreation amenities have been significantly reduced in, you know, in the Marley's Lane, rather modern Finnegan's Park, Falls Grove area. It's not an acceptable solution. There was no communication. There was no public awareness. There was two meetings of the Education Board organized in secret, I would say, because nobody knew about them. There was no commentary on it. There was no prep- preparatory work done. Nobody was told about it. And the parents are absolutely right to be up in arms. It's a disgrace
0: well, and the board, true. the board of management, is a, up Jesus in arms uh, over the communication of all of this. Uh, and yeah. even if it was the right decision, can a decision like that be made without consultation with the school board?
3: Well, well, it can, well it's not going to work because the parents are up in arms, and uh, obviously, obviously, an educate together school is is, is needed. Everybody, I don't mean everybody. There's a huge interest in educate together schools. There's one on the north side of the town; it was oversubscribed. Mm. There's one on the south side of the town; it's oversubscribed. It can't move for the fourth time to go to the final new school. Mm. The only the next move has to be the new school, and that's what I'd be saying to the minister. That's yeah. what I'd be saying to their officials. Yeah. And this takes I think, I think it's very unfair on the staff and everybody. And it's unfair on St. Oliver's as mm. well. This dictat I mean, dropped it, out of the it, sky it, on Monday to acceptable. the board. Pardon?
0: The dictat from the department dropped out of the sky, if you like, all of a sudden, without any notice, without any consultation, to the shock of the board of management uh, on Monday. Uh, and they were horrified at what they were hearing uh, and made uh, contact with parents as soon as possible by email to let them know what was happening before their children woke up and read about it on social media because they were very concerned about all of that. Uh, And the parents have been in contact, uh, I'm sure, with yourself. I'd say your ears are are red. Jed Nash was talking about all of the emails that he'd received yesterday. Uh, The radio station has been inundated, flooded with comments. Uh, I mean, we're waking up to this going, what's all this about and what's the big deal? But the the parents of the children in the educate together are livid. Uh, This is a remarkable situation, isn't it?
3: It is Michael, and it's entirely unacceptable. And um, if you ever want to do something the wrong way, this is it. You're upsetting everybody. It's it's like going in and you know just not upsetting the hornet's nest, but upsetting everybody in the country mm-hmm. that's interested in it as well. Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole point is this: the go to the to go of to the population is in South Drogheda and in East Mead, right? And it's in the Morrington, it's in the Dunicarney area, and it's in South Drogheda as well. And and that's where the need is. And it's their school in their place. And that's where it has to be. So moving them anywhere else doesn't make sense. And I repeat, St. Oliver's is a lovely site. It's a wonderful school. I worked there myself for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they need all their football, all their recreation, all their amenity space. There's no way it's fair on them to say, get off that field. We're sticking this school here for maybe five years. And then maybe we'll give it back to you, you know, and, and you know, it, it, it's 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 not it's not acceptable. Well, and the people the people in that area are losing all the recreation, and it's not just the school that uses the football grounds or the, the recreation grounds. There, it's the community. As well, so this is this is just unbelievable.
0: Okay, well that's that, that's what that's what parents uh, and teachers have been told, but I've a, a feeling that that's just the first chapter of this story, and it's a story that's far from over. I have to leave it there for the moment. Uh, undoubtedly, we'll hear what you have to say in the doll tomorrow on uh, the program on Friday. But thank you indeed for joining us here, uh, as always. That's Finnegall TD for Loud and East Meath, Fergus O'Dowd.